How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Going pretty fucking swell, my dude. How are you? Oh, dang. That's that's a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I've been awake for uh, about an hour and a half. Had some food, drank some coffee. Good to record. What is what is an, a man's breakfast at that time of day? <laughs> so I actually combined basically like lunch and breakfast. And brunch. if I wasn't as hungry, I don't think it would work. Well, so brunch is when you eat, when you combine the time. And whatever I did is when you combine the food, because I had hot dogs, which was the lunch portion. Definitely and, I had lunch, a, yeah. and I had a bagel, which was the breakfast portion. I'm eating a lot of grains. <laughs> now, the question is, for efficiency, I feel like you could combine those in a really obvious way. Have a bagel? Uh, no, I didn't. I, oh, I ate them separately. You could have made like a dumbbell of food and eaten Mm. it that way. Yeah. Already, I'm not sure if it was the best idea just for the purpose of digestion because there's like, it was a cream cheese bagel. Like, then I've got like the hot dog stuff, like some ketchup and whatnot. And I can understand if our listeners are a little bit uncomfortable hearing this description of all of this food being eaten together we'll edit in some sound effects of jake eating he recorded it separately for a year i am not gonna do that (laughs) this is this is where i draw the i wouldn't say i have standards (laughs) just not gonna do that (laughs) i I like some gross stuff to a degree but i do not like hearing mouth or weird squishing sounds no thanks. yeah that is that's not asmr to me Mm -mm, mm -mm. Um, you know what is ASMR though? What? The Halo music. Uh, Just the theme. <laughs> uh, that's actually how it goes. Yeah, that's actually that's the full thing. <laughs> Not to be confused with Legend of Zelda. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Legend of Zelda has pretty good music too. Let's talk about Legend of Zelda. It doesn't have a lot to do with Halo. Halo um Halo's a different game. What do you like about the Halo music <laughs> outside of obviously the iconic theme? Uh, uh, no. I think like um, so yeah. I guess we're, we're, we're I, I brought it up, so this is my fault. <laughs> but uh, for the early Halo, the music was always like accompanied with like a level transition or like text popping up in the corner or like a dramatic moment or something like that. And I think this is the way like other shooters did it as well. Like Half Life, um, also had like similar similar beats, um, where they would have just moments of silence. This is kind of funny actually because it reminds me of what I do for our um, our Tuesday RPG. Like when I was running D anD D and running City of Mist, mm-hmm. like I have a set of my soundboard of all this music, and I can play a track, or I can loop a track. And I started off almost always, I forget to loop it. So it's like, oh, here's the suspenseful music. And then it stops. <laughs> and there's just silence. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, right. I meant to loop that. So there wasn't just this awkward silence. <laughs> Halo figured that out too. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely gotten better. Because like, we played through pretty much Halo 1 and 2 uh, before recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halo 1 has a lot of weird things about it. But one thing that we really noticed is there wasn't a whole lot of ambient music or sounds. Mm-hmm. And then it's like music. And you're like, what? <laughs> it just pops in and then goes and then just stops abruptly again. I'm like, I guess that sequence or event is now done. <laughs> yeah. <looks> around. <laughs> it's like it's like he got a new job and everybody like stops by they're like welcome welcome and then they all leave before telling you what you're supposed to do <laughs> you're just you're just sitting there like there's no there's no part two <laughs> there's no explanation uh, halo 2 did a much better job though than a halo 1 with that i feel mm-hmm. like it had a lot of nice ambient borderline enya sounding tracks yeah you're just yeah. kind of going through the level and they really it really used it for voice in between actual action sequences too but like mm-hmm. when it was action it still had that end vibes i'm like oh okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. it fit yeah it really did it helped set the tone like um which is which is the thing i probably like 
picked up the most like the first time playing Halo was just it has a very novel world with like a really interesting setting and then just getting people out so like Halo is a first person shooter <laughs> developed by Bungie and published by oh. Microsoft <laughs> but uh, when it came out um, it was really competing against a lot of these like corridor like shooters like Half-Life had obviously come out and that had some open spaces, but for the most part, it was still like we've progressed beyond cave, which is kind of like quake or something like that to hallway, which was more of like half-life. It was a modern version of still a room type. Yeah. And then Halo was like, here's open space. Now, to be fair, they do start you out in the hallway (laughs) in the, the space station, but the pillar of autumn, um, but uh, once you actually make it down to the ring, that's when that's when the halo feels kicking for me. Yeah, as soon as like you get on a warthog and you have that open expanse, and there's other NPCs you're shooting stuff too, it feels a lot more alive mm-hmm. and not just relegated to like campaign could be the same as PvP essentially. Yeah, you go back to like the James Bond games, mm-hmm. those shooters. I- I, yeah, actually, James Bond. James Bond's an interesting compare. I didn't think about that one. James Bond was a lot more like on level density and stuff, but Halo had some some wide open areas that were like um like the beach. You know what that reminds me of actually is Crisis, but Crisis like had too much space. It's like here's all of this playground and nothing to do like for this part of the level. Right? There's very specific things you need to do and a bunch of useless space. And Halo's just like you have some room to walk around, but it's not like you're not going to get lost per se on the beach on later levels. You will get lost. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard counterpoint. I'm like, there were a lot of times I'm like, what do you want me to do game? Mm-hmm. Cause it was, but before because... that was, I feel fleshed out as far as like indicating to a player, this is your objective. Cause a lot of times like you kill some stuff and you're like, do you know where to go? Uh, uh-uh. you? yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of like hug a wall and uh, try and figure it out. Yeah. And then sometimes you'd walk into like a cutscene transition. You're like, oh, I guess that was right. Yep. <laughs> or in my case, I'm like lost somewhere else in the level because we played through on co-op. Uh, I'm lost somewhere else in the level. And then I see the cutscene because Dave has found <laughs> the cutscene transition. <laughs> then I kill my Master Chief. So I'll respawn at him. <laughs> yeah, it's. It was nice to do in cope that way because we kind of like branch off, mm-hmm. kind of binary tree the whole thing. Which is yeah, cool. it was also like um, I didn't even remember that Halo One had co-op. Did they go back and add that, or was that actually there from the get-go? That was always a thing, as far as I know. Interesting. Why did you think yeah, they didn't have co-op? Because well, I I had never played it in co-op um, back in back in the OG day on PC. Oh, your your friends were assholes then. <laughs> i didn't have no sit down and watch okay <laughs> i mean i probably didn't even have friends in general when halo came out let alone multiplayer online friends um but uh no it was it wasn't it was a good experience for that and i guess co-op in a first person shooter would have been not nearly as common back then even now it's not really actually that common not so Just much placing it I feel like it can always work, though. I don't know if it ever really detract. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you had like a stealth game and your one friend was an asshole, that would be unfortunate. Right. But Splinter Cell series. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm running gun in this section. <laughs> We're going loud. <laughs> the mission just started. <laughs> <laughs> just start throwing grenades around the level. Yeah. No, it's it's fun though. I liked um. I I hadn't put too much thought into like the co-op gameplay because I was kind of like taking it for granted. But um, co-op in Halo is actually really good with the systems it uses. Like the regenerating shields, obviously, were one of the big ads for Halo. But like having one player flank, um, as long as they don't flank all the way around and then they just start getting shot because they're the enemies in the middle. <laughs> um 
like one player cover another, things like that. We played on, we're not casuals, right? So we played on heroic difficulty. And I think uh, taking a break so like I could get some covering fire from you was pretty good. Um, or, you know, if Jake was, you know, somewhere safe and I died, uh, I could respawn. Yeah. Another advantage of co-op. Uh, you have to both die to lose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because especially with heroic and just for how the enemies are laid out, it's not easy to just go run and gun mm-hmm. because the enemies, are, they just outgun you. So they a do. Lot of times it feels like you just walk into like three guys and they're like, kill them and then you die. Yeah. So you either have mm-hmm. to use cover or retreat and then come back or abuse grenades, mm-hmm. which you did a lot too. Yeah. Or if it is like there's flood or enemies with specific weapons, um, the difference between being alive and dead is just like, did they have that weapon? Flood, like almost harmless, some casual backpedaling to deal with them. Flood with a shotgun. Oh, I got close. <laughs> Time to reload. <laughs> the Halo 1 shotgun does not fuck around. Yeah. The Halo 2 shotgun, not as good, but still does not fuck around. Yeah, the flood will still kill you with it in like one shot. Um, surprisingly accurate. So, out of the two that we played, did you enjoy Halo One or Halo Two more? That's. <laughs> I'll take the free question, please. <laughs> Halo Two is like so much better as a game. I, I actually kind of thought I would enjoy one more than I did because I had, I had fond memories of it. Um. And I can kind of like, if I take myself out of the situation for a moment, I can appreciate what it did, which was like have more interesting um, triggers for inside of a shooter or like unique situations. So rather than always moving room by room, killing enemies, they were like, hey, there's an enemy dropship coming in. You have to hold out at this location. There's some other like minor objective or whatever. But they really didn't chain those together pacing with any sort of pacing that matches what I'm used to from modern shooters which makes me feel like a casual but in Halo you can literally just stand around doing nothing for a while and that's the way you beat the game yeah it's I think because it was one of the forerunners keyword um, it definitely had some struggles that more modern games have overcome and figured Mm -hmm. out because like we said, part of it was like not knowing where to go. Part of it was because there was nowhere to actually go. Yeah, It was like a little defense thing. So like nowadays, they'd always say on comms, like, hey, let's hold this point until we get reinforcement check. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, next wave's coming in or something like that. Like how my question to the, to the, the, the listeners is how long is the appropriate amount of time where nothing should be happening like in the game? Right. Because in Halo 1, sometimes that was like 20 seconds of just like the next wave hasn't started. The previous wave is done. There's nothing to do. There's no <laughs> like, indication that another wave's coming in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just... It's not ideal. Um, that was war back in the Halo 1 days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do we have any orders from Kai Command? Nah. I guess we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you can just text High Command like, yo, what's up? Yeah, Halo 1 Halo One was a bit of a slog. Both of them had some getting lost, obviously, as you mentioned. Um, but it was so much worse in Halo 1 because there's like, oh, here's a switch somewhere in the level. Did we miss the switch? Is it like hidden off to the side? Was it behind us? Like backtracking because you're not sure what to do in games. I'm fine with that being phased out. And like, yeah, it is. It is awful. (laughs) I think for like the first energy bridge on Mm -hmm. Halo that we found, we spent like a good five to ten minutes looking for the button. Yeah, there was was like a ramp that's kind of like tucked in behind Mm -hmm. something, and you just walk up there, and it's like a straight walk to the button. Cool. We didn't see that, and we played through the remasters of both. Mm -hmm. So graphically, you're like, oh, this looks nice. But if you press tab, you can go back to what it used to look like. Yeah. Which does not look good. No. It's like, hey, do you like uh, 
flat textures, mm-hmm. cool. Because Halo yeah. One was just riddled with them <laughs> on tap. What's funny about that section? So, like, if, to my recollection, we spent a lot of time talking about other stuff, like while we're running through here, because the game is fairly slow paced. It, it does not match, you know, modern shooters. But yeah, Jake um, and I really learned a lot about ourselves while playing through <laughs> this because we had the time. But I remember us like talking about stuff as we're kind of like passively searching for the button. We both knew we had to find something, and then conversation stopped. And we're like, where is this button though? Right? <laughs> like that, that was, that's kind of the indicator that something has gone off course. Um, so one thing I wonder about that is if in the old version that, um, cause the button is up on the right side and they're like glowing yes. terminal. I wonder if it's more visible in the old version. Cause the textures were so dark, so dark for the walls. Um, I'm not sure, but I wonder if that was the case. Probably a little bit. There would have, it would have been impossible to find the ramp though, because it's so dark in the old version. So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a trade off. Well, maybe like one part of it was like lit up, like just the ramp was lit up. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, that could maybe do it. But yeah, it was, it was really cool. You could swap between the old textures and the new textures. It's because like the old textures are so small by today's standards. It's just like passively keep all of that stuff loaded. That's gonna cost us nothing in comparison to the remaster textures. Yeah. Um, it's- it was really fun to go back and forth, mainly because like the Halo 1 remaster looks decent. It still looks old because it's off of Halo 1. Mm-hmm. But you it it looks like how you imagine Halo 1 used to look like. I feel is the way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as soon as you press tab, it was st- a stark contrast. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the Halo I- 2 did it even more extensively because I felt like Halo 2 looked good for the time. Slight improvement mm-hmm. from 1. But the Halo 2 remaster looked a lot better. If you tap back, right. there's just less detail. So they really added to it. And then I kept saying to you throughout the playthrough, the fucking cutscenes looked like PlayStation 4 level. <laughs> they look good. That's and then you press tab and you feel physically ill. Yeah. The character models are all made out of Play-Doh at this point. <laughs> watching an episode of Gumby. Yeah, uh, it's bad. It was It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but at least the cutscenes, the cutscenes in two. You already mentioned it, but they're so ridiculously good. I have to, I have to also mention it. Mm-hmm. Like the the quality of those cutscenes. Like the thing it took me to was, um, like the the StarCraft expansion cutscenes, um, where they just like dump all of the budget at this thing, um, with like at like brutalists and like ultralists and stuff like that breaking out of the ground and like zerk swarming all over the place it looked like that exactly to me it wouldn't surprise me if it was the same studio that actually like did some of these animations and things because it was just really good actually it's done by blue point uh-huh. okay. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> I mean, I imagine that the game developers <laughs> are slightly different than the uh, the animators, but yeah, it it was um, not to say that you're not a game developer if you're an animator. That's fine. I can validate you too. That was for one specific listener. I don't know the listener, but that was for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was crazy. And then you hit tab, and it's like polygons. <laughs> we had those. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one thing that was cool about the second one, because mm-hmm. I feel like Jenny was watching us play through some of two. She made the comment like, oh, can you switch between cutscenes? Now, when we played one, once yep. you were locked into a cutscene, you couldn't switch. And I said, mm-hmm. no, you can't do that because this is how Halo 1 Remastered did it. Yeah. Then we press tab and you actually can actively look at the comparison. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know it's so alarming. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's cool it that they let you do that. Yeah, there was that in the music. The other thing was Halo 2 allowed you to switch between old and new music, which um, one didn't do when you were tabbing to switch between uh, old old and remastered versions. Does it not? Really, uh, I don't believe so. I believe it was the same. Well, at least when I played through, my observation was it was the same music when you hit tab. Hmm. But I could be I could be wrong. Um, Halo definitely remastered at least added a lot of music. Mm-hmm. where it might have been a little bit more ambient in the original. Mm-hmm. They actually had like guitars or an orchestra. Like they had stuff going on to make it feel more bombastic, which is nice. Yeah. 
that's the word for it too because like they really just like added more orchestral pomp and circumstance to all the songs like there's just more density to everything happening they increased the volume a lot but that's because like the halo 2 background sounds with like the gunfire and the the music is all like it all feels really low coming off of the remaster because there's just fewer instruments they're not highlighting like range for instruments um and then you go to the remaster and it's like dun, da, 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 you know it's just completely crazy um I don't know. It was really good. I think you made a good observation, which was like the remaster is the way I felt like Halo was. Yeah. When I, played it. I feel like anytime you go back to something that's like several generations old, mm-hmm. you don't realize how old it was. <laughs> you yeah. do not at all. So remaster kind of like helps you relive that, but kind of keep some of your nostalgia intact. Mm-hmm. Unless you press tap. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Was there anything that stood out to you in the original in like Halo one where you're like, you got that either nostalgia burst or you're like, I remember this section exactly. No, at no. least for Halo one. No, just because mm-hmm. I didn't initially start off on Xbox. Mm-hmm. So I probably joined that a little bit late. And for how grueling some of those sections were, where it, like now I've played enough things and I have enough of like a photographic memory of like certain experiences. I'm like, oh, we just saw that. Oh, we're in the yeah. same exact same pattern. And you're yep. going through like the identical hallway or like door pattern. I'm like, mm-hmm. they just really padded this out. Mainly yeah. the library. The library is the worst. It is the fucking worst. We were sitting in Discord while playing through the library and providing stat. We were streaming, I think, and providing status updates basically. Like, yep, still in the library. It's like we could re- start keeping a running log and it's just like hour, hour one and a half and we're still on the library level. We died 50 times to <laughs> shotgun flood in this last section. Yeah, it just it doesn't even feel fun at a point. And I just felt yeah. like we were grinding it out like we're going to get it done to say that we got it done. And mm. that is it. Like Halo 1 did some cool things. I think in that space, I spoke of like the triggers that they use in combat and like different areas and progression and characters like, you know, 343 Guilty Spark um, and Cortana and all of that. But and they inject a lot of really cool improvements in the FPS genre, but the gameplay does not hold up and nothing like indicates that as much as the library. It's just so bad. It really does feel bad. Two hours of that, 10 minutes of that would have made me like mildly uneasy. And two hours of it was enough to like drive me to like stop playing entirely. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say about it really. It's just, I feel overall, looking back now, mm-hmm. I do not like Halo 1. I think it sucks. Um, at the time when it came out, did it do a whole lot? Did I enjoy playing it? Yes. Yeah. But dear God, there is no reason to go back. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we were playing two, I, I spent so much time in the multiplayer. Some of the campaign, I have forgotten bits and pieces. But like when we were checking some of the multiplayer maps, I'm like, oh, and this gun spawns here and this is over here. And then you can do these glitches. Mm-hmm. A surprise. A lot of those glitches were removed for the PC. <laughs> made me very sad but yeah. like that brought me back into the nostalgia space which felt mm-hmm. really cool yeah. even though we didn't do remastered maps we went back to the old maps and like give me these hard polygons <laughs> i know and love yeah the multiplayer the multiplayer holds up like we didn't play with pubs or anything like that it was just like exploring the map testing glitches things like that but as an arena style shooter. I, I never really played multiplayer for whole for halo full disclaimer. Um, but I could definitely see the potential there. Like comparing to the quake, things like that. I could see, you know, team slayer being a lot of fun. I could say, see capture the flag being a lot of fun. And halo had, uh, like the full feature set of games like quake, 
where they're like people expected a bunch of different map modes and things like that. Um, what do you mean by expected a whole bunch of different map modes? So like, like compare that to some directions modern shooters have taken. So like Call of Duty has a fair number of modes, but um, Battlefield hasn't always had a large number of modes. Overwatch, you know, is mostly there's just one mode. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's different types, but you don't really get to pick if you're, you know, queuing into quick play or something like that. Whereas Halo was like, they had the classical set, the capture the flag, deathmatch, king of the hill, um, normal, like team deathmatch. That's what Slayer and Team Slayer is, I guess. But yeah, um, I think that uh, having all of that out of the gate, even as far back as like Halo 1, helped them establish that uh, competitive multiplayer aspect. Yeah, it was super nice. One of the old things I remember is just if you had the flag in CTF, you could mm-hmm. melee somebody with it. And I feel like right. I remember it got all the animation or it killed them. You like hit them with the pole. Oh, I thought you kind of like jutted out the bottom. It was the bottom. Okay. I'd have yeah. to watch it again to see. Um, yeah. I trust your memory of this more than mine. Cause again, I didn't play a lot of multiplayer. I don't know, it's just that made me really enjoy multiplayer as a shooter. I think mm-hmm. it was like an early experience with, if not the first, with Xbox Live for me. Right. Like setting up a well, game pass. Right. Like, <laughs> before you had a mic trying to like type out messages with an Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. Um, which was like a really yeah. long-winded way to get to tell somebody that you fucked their mother. Um, <laughs> you are space M-O-M. <laughs> yeah, it's just they had good balanced maps. There's a lot of diversity in maps. Even back mm-hmm. to Halo 1 and the fact that they had vehicles as well. Mm-hmm. It oh, always yeah. felt like you had an option for, oh, I'm going to go on the Warthog with somebody and they're going to ride and be the turret guy and I'll be the driver. And you have a mm-hmm. third guy who is just a passenger to pick up the flag type thing. Yeah. Like you, you had all these different approaches and the maps were laid out that way too. It was not like, I love to shit on uh, Team Fortress 2 mm-hmm. where a lot of maps are like, go here and you have like one option or right. mm-hmm. two bad options. So yeah. It felt like Halo really branched out a lot more in that space. Yeah. The vehicles are, are an important mention, I think, because like, like Battlefield has had uh, vehicles um, for like a long time, but Halo brought vehicles to like, as far as scale is concerned, like TF2, Call of Duty, to a slightly lesser extent, Overwatch, they're all like small map shooters. Yeah, um, they couldn't really facilitate vehicles. Exactly. And Battlefield was like mat, like Battlefield scale, right? Yeah. Which is a completely different thing. But what Halo did was take like all of the interesting interactions, intricacies, um, the deathmatch like style to vehicle, like, um, and then incorporate ve- vehicles into that. So they had like slightly larger maps. But not like battlefield size where you could get lost on them for the classic battlefields. Um, and people got to play around, you know, with vehicles, shooting people out of vehicles. The idea that you could hit people like while they're in the vehicles to damage shield without like killing the vehicle itself was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, you'd always use a battle rifle on somebody with a ghost. Mm-hmm. Or in Halo 2, being able to actually kick them out of the vehicle and steal yeah. it from them. Yeah, <laughs> that felt really cool too. Because sometimes you try and bait out a ghost who was gonna just charge you and run you over. Mm-hmm. But maybe you fuck up your slow jump, and then you land, and they time it perfectly because they baited just you like, out. Toro, Toro, <laughs> <laughs> jump to the side, kick him out. <laughs> yeah, it really gave. I mean, like all shooters should, uh, they mm-hmm. give the individual a chance to shine. So even mm-hmm. if you're in Team Slayer. If you're the one with the most kills, you're like, okay, I respect that person. I want them on my team. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's not usually a whole lot of situations where you'll squad flank people. Yeah. It's like Mm -hmm. you come across somebody, you start shooting them with whatever you got, uh, and you try not to die. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, the, the, uh, we mentioned this a little bit while we're playing through, but like the having the overshield, um, Obviously, I think if people went back and they're like, what does Halo contribute to the first person shooter space? Overshield is what a lot of people, myself included, might think of as the first thing. 
Um, just power-ups in general? Well, yeah, like, power-ups have been around for a while since, like, you know, Quake and Doom and things like that. But, like, the overshield regenerating health, well, that's which was that's funny. Shield. What was that? Overshield's the power-up. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, yeah. I meant shield. Um, thank you for the correction. Um, yeah, the regenerating shield. Uh, I think for a while people were like, this is super casual. Just take me back to Half-Life while there's health packs and, like, medical stations. But uh, it's it's a it's a much better way to play when your your health just comes back you know after encountered you don't have to feel like you're going to get chipped to death over the course of a level but yeah. in multiplayer it slows stuff down a little bit it's like guns don't instantly kill you you might have a reaction if somebody shoots you in the back a little bit um unless it's a shotgun the pistol <laughs> or the sniper you know it feels good to like it feels like if somebody it's not like somebody gets the drop on you like in call of duty Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, they got me. You do yeah. have a chance to kind of get your way out of a situation, maybe turn around, throw a frag, and mm-hmm. then kind of have to either step back or like push through. I think it like it can lend itself to duels a little bit more, where they have the advantage because they hit you first, but you both have um you have an opportunity to respond. And if you're really good, you might be able to turn the tables, but just the same, you both got to interact with the situation a little bit. Um, yeah. Which I, I think is useful in the shooter space. Also with the shield regeneration, I know a lot of shooters now have kind of like the bloody camera for like, oh, my health is low. Yeah. And then as it fades, it kind of like resolves yeah. itself, but it's not... Seep the blood back into your body. <laughs> it's not as good for like visual indication of like, okay, I'm good or mm-hmm. I'm not good because you don't know what that threshold yeah. is. But if like your shield breaks, it starts going boop, 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 boop. Yeah. And it's blinking and you're like, oh, if I get hit in the head or get hit in the body a couple more times, I'm dead. Yeah. So like that was a good indicator for get out, re- mm-hmm. reposition, and then go back in. You get that like uh, yellow screen flash. You're just like, oh, shield's broke. And you could see that on enemies too in, in multiplayer when their shield was down. Um. So you had some like situational awareness there too. I would say like I was playing around with the sniper rifle a little bit. And one of the downsides is you didn't actually um, have nearly as many visual indicators for uh, when your shield was breaking. I think you still heard the sound, obviously. Yeah, but if you're down scope, you don't know. (laughs) Yeah, there's no like yellow flash or something like that. Um, Yeah. But we'll say just to put a bow on that discussion. Um, one of the advantages of not having health packs mm-hmm. is like you were saying, if you're walking around with like 20 health after you killed somebody or fought with somebody, it sucks to get chipped by somebody else who just showed up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Cause like they didn't really earn the kill. They just kind of got it for free. Yeah. Also, you don't have people kind of like squatting around. Oh, we have to wait for the health pack to spawn at one of these locations. Right. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives players the freedom to, fuck around wherever they want it's mm-hmm. not like having a weird focus point for something like team slayer if you right. capture the flag obviously either base you're like this is where you're safest this is where the enemy is safest and mm-hmm. you kind of like you have that nice push and pull but anything in between is free range it's not like well people are going to be gravitating around here for this one reason right yeah to that also, end, like, though, there are good. like weapon spawns Mm-hmm. Where if you know the map, you're like, okay, rocket launcher's here, usually in a more contestable position. Yes. For like a power weapon. And same with sniper rifle. Yeah, that was very much inherited from like the Quake like games. Where it was just like map knowledge, weapon spawns. You got that? Your friends don't know about that. You're gonna have a fun yep. time. <laughs> <laughs> um and you brought up the weapons. The weapons in Halo, I think, were were one of the things that kind of that really stood out to me. Like Shooters have had a lot of iconic uh, weapons. Like you could go down the years. Like uh, Doom has the shotgun and the BFG was probably the top, you know, iconic things. Half Life has r- really weird stuff like the um, the gravity gun um, and the crowbar. I guess actually is the other one. But uh, what would you say? Uh, would be some of the iconic standouts or things that are interesting or of note for Halo 1 or 2. 
so at least starting with Halo 1, I feel like a lot of the human weapons kind of made sense from a shooter standpoint. You had like pistol, assault rifle, shotgun, sniper rifle, grenades. Mm-hmm. But with the addition of the Covenant technology, you had like some shiny, cool new things. Yeah. Like I feel everyone knows the needler. Yeah. And how you just shoot out like this barrage of needles that would then home in on enemies if it was close enough. And then they'd explode. And that was really mm-hmm. cool. Needler is my favorite example. Yeah. It's just good. And then the all weapons have a melee and certain ones do more damage. But mm-hmm. we always commented on the needler melee. You kind of like jutted out the whole thing. Like you almost let go of the weapon. Yeah. Uh-huh. To hit them with like the spikes that are coming out of the needler. And then uh-huh. you'd slowly like reattach it to like, oh, it's now holstered again. It's like a two phase process to go back to just using the needler as a gun. <laughs> you like pivot the arm and <laughs> grab it on a different spot. That's great. I think that was I love, a big I one. Because I feel like everything else plasma was. It wasn't hit scan. It was more projectile. Mm-hmm. So like plasma rifles are obviously better at like destroying shields because mm-hmm. it was an energy weapon. But you kind of have to lead shots depending on how far away you were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just felt like those were kind of just not as much what I was going for usually. Yeah, I got the same impression. The covenant weapons other than the needler felt like pretty weak in Halo 1. Um and the needler was also pretty weak. It was just weak with a gimmick, and the gimmick was to make it strong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you just got hit with needles and they didn't get enough to burst, you're just like, I don't care. <laughs> this is the chippest of chip damage. <laughs> but if they did burst, it's like reloading the same. <laughs> I also feel like we have to mention one of the most iconic pieces of Covenant technology and weapons, mm-hmm. the energy sword. Yes, the best one. <laughs> it was like okay. an actual, it was just, it was the melee option. Mm-hmm. Hitting somebody with the butt of your gun would never compare to lunging at somebody with the sword. Yeah. And watch them turn around as they realize what was happening, <laughs> but could do nothing to stop you because they didn't have the shotgun. <laughs> yeah. And there's the activation sound when you turn the sword on too, right? Like I heard that in multiplayer. I was like, huh, this would have, this would have in- impacted some interactions. I noticed when you figured that out when we were doing campaign because mm-hmm. you switched the sword and I switched the sword and we kept switching back and forth to like keep spamming the sound. Yeah. Because you like ignite it from like it's it's kind of just like a reimagined lightsaber. Oh, it's yeah. really what it is. But it's a really cool looking double bladed knife pretty much. Uh, Mass Effect actually I think like was definitely inspired by this for their like omni tool melee which was very much the same thing like a hand vibroblade style um weapon i keep using star wars terminology that's not going to help anybody (laughs) um but yeah it's it's so freaking cool it like completely obliterates flood um i think it's actually just cheaper to use on flood in general yeah because usually much energy it's weird for a melee weapon to have like a durability or energy cost Mm-hmm. But it does. But if you're yeah. hitting flood enemies, it costs next to nothing. I think yeah. the actual floodlings are free to use the sword on. Yeah, it's really. It feels nice good to like go and hack and slash through when other technology is just not cutting it, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> you're out of grenades. Pun. Quality pun <laughs> wasn't cutting it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, How many yeah. are there? There's a flood of. i think the sword like in equal measure got me kills and got me killed (laughs) because like if i saw the sword i was like i'm gonna find a way to use this (laughs) the only way i can use this is if i'm in melee range with the danger this is the way i have to be this is the way (laughs) you know like (laughs) um, no it's fairly funny you did surprise me with it once in multiplayer too because i was like all right i'm gonna you know do the standard gun duel thing dave switches to the sword and lunges at me like okay no the duel's done oh yeah it's it was always nice like if you were doing multiplayer with people you never had the sword out because they would have a gun and see you'd be like oh i have to keep my distance yes otherwise they might try and do like a double smg kind of get close to you so that after your shields were down they just bash you get the kill pick up their gun 
Yeah. So you shoot them, they get close, you switch out to your sword, and they're like, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah. And that's actually, I tangentially brought that up, but that was one of the interesting changes I think Halo made was prior to Halo, I feel most games um, let you do the full like Doom Guy arsenal instead of just like two two weapons. Yeah. Um, and Halo really wanted you to focus in on switching between weapons like when going through the campaign and not having every weapon when you're playing multiplayer like in quake or something like that you could run through the level real quick because it's quake and pick up every gun and then just what scroll do I need? Everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're just one through nine right like let me pick the link gun or the rocket launcher or whatever yeah um, it's halo, halo focuses you definitely felt it too if you were running into a section where there's a lot of a long range snipers and mm-hmm. you had like an assault rifle or a pistol. You're like, yep. uh, sucks. So you'd have <laughs> to like kill one of the enemies, take that and go. It felt yeah. more gorilla in that way mm-hmm. where like you kind of had to adapt to your situation based on what things you could find lying around. <laughs> and sometimes oh, yeah. like you were just shit out of luck. But I definitely fa- I found myself mentally doing that while going through and, the, the campaign together is I'd be like, oh, okay, I have, you know, I have this weapon, but I have no close range coverage or yeah. I have no long range coverage. I'm going to like vary up my kit a little bit for that. And then like when we died, it respawned depending on the game. I think it responds you with like the pistol and like a plasma pistol or something like that. Usually a plasma pistol and something. Um, and like a high priority would always be running back to our corpse and like re picking up whatever, you know, more optimized loadout we had for the time. Um, and I appreciated that. I think Halo is kind of subsistence based gameplay. Like it's a survival game where you're going through like picking weapons off the ground and using what you've got. You're like, all right, this isn't ideal. I wasn't, you know, planning on going, um, trying to think of a really terrible thing plasma pistol and then like covenant sniper or whatever <laughs> but that's what we got <laughs> yeah it was it was fun to make do there were points where i would just i got mad at the game i'm like fuck you i'm doing double plasma pistol in halo 2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you can just hear me angrily mashing i guess left and right click for the pc it's not bad actually the uh the actual projectile instead of the charge is uh it does a fair amount of damage at close range it's at least quick yeah the double charge is hilarious though because it's just like round a quarter you know plasma falls to the face back (laughs) in multiplayer days of halo 2 a Mm. common dual wield combo was plasma pistol and pistol Ah, plasma pistol charge rock on a corner remove their shields shoot them in the head once they're done that was one of the noob combos yeah jeez Another good, uh, another good two-handed combo is um, rocket launcher. Come around the corner, shoot them with a rocket launcher. <laughs> rocket launcher is always solid, mm-hmm. and usually, if you're good with it, you weren't really going to take any damage yourself, right? Or you could, and you're like, "Fuck it, we'll make this trade." Yeah, regenerating shields makes up some of it. So I do like the drawback of the rocket launcher, where it takes up half the fucking screen. <laughs> yeah. It's not like these casual games like Doom where you can like swap between. I think it just like shows your reticle and you're like, I have this gun equipped. Yeah. Yeah. There's like some of the newer ones. I think there's um there's literally an option in settings for Doom to either you have full size weapons or smaller size weapons on the screen. Okay. I think, cool. I, I think it defaults to the smaller size weapons. Not 100% sure on that. But if you don't have that, like the BFG is a similar deal. It's just in the center. It's. It's the sun coming up from the bottom of the horizon of the bottom of your screen, <laughs> like covering a significant portion. And that's what the rocket launcher is in Halo. I just, I like how obscure it makes your vision because it is mm-hmm. insanely powerful. Like you can just hit close with the rocket launcher. They're fucked. You're sending yeah. a fucking missile at a, a human person. <laughs> I mean, not entirely human, but even in power armor, they were kind of fucked. Yeah. It's like this guy has the rocket launcher, so I'm gonna come in from his uh, from his right side because I know he won't see me until I'm right in front of him. <laughs> what things do you remember that kind of spawned off of Halo? Did you ever look into extended universe or like 
well, I want to say like books the slash the machinima red versus blue. I watched some red versus blue. Yeah. Um, back in the day, but I didn't watch like a whole lot. I saw like the occasional episode. I remember some character names like church, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, and then like a couple uh, special moments. The what's in your pants still comes up a lot. It's or no, it's a uh, like what what uh, what gender are you or whatever? Do you remember this interaction? I'm trying to remember the specifics, but I'm drawing a bit of a blank. Yeah, it was it was something like, "What gender are you, anyways?" And you're like, "Like I'm evil." <laughs> like what? What was okay? I'm gonna look this up. Okay. Buy me time. So one of the things I probably remember most about Red versus Blue is a lot of the quotables from season one. Like it's not a warthog, it's a puma. But mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that it took it got such traction at the time that they actually put in the first level of Halo Three a reference, like they put two of the characters in, kind of like a side passage, talking yeah. about that. I was like, oh, that's a really cute homage. <laughs> I found it. So it is, are you a man or a woman? I am a villain. <laughs> what gender are you? Evil. <laughs> yeah, but what's in your pants? Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember it's not pink, it's lightish red? <laughs> yeah. I had that, that as a t shirt at some point when I was a teenager. Oh, um, man. Yeah, there's just there's like a-, a lot of good quotables at the time, but it was cool to see the series progress with the technology as newer mm-hmm. Halos kept coming out. Right. And then they had a fucking section where they put a Master Chief or the Spartan armor in. I think it was Dead or Alive or some type of fighting game, which is just a cool way to branch out. It was just nice to see that exist in other places outside of just Halo to show how big the reach has gone. Wasn't um, the reach. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 puns all the way down in references. Was uh, was Master Chief um, in Soul Calibur or was that a different character? Or Microsoft got Spawn, didn't they? Microsoft got Spawn for Soul Calibur 2. I guess Master Chief probably hasn't branched out much into other games. No, I think it was just that Dead or Alive type game. Yeah, okay. No, that's fair. I mean, even without literally being in other games, it's it's very uh, impactful in the, the FPS space. Arbiter's like, actually in Killer Instinct, come to think of it. Arbiter is? Yep. That is a weird character to cross over. I think <laughs> that one I understand a little bit less. I mean, he's he's a better character than Master Chief. I was claiming this while we were going through the campaign. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll still agree with you, but please make <laughs> your point for the audience. Yeah, because like like we were saying, he actually has a story arc. You know, he's got his betrayal, he has his resurgence, his alliance through Grave Mind uh, with the Chief. Like, um, no, he's just he's just a really cool character. He has something to do and has something to prove versus Chief, who occasionally has like a witty voice line like Boo, mm-hmm. uh, but really doesn't do too much. He's much more in the realm of the silent protagonist yeah. and just a guy who's following orders from Cortana. It's like, OK, yeah, badass, dude, boring guy. <laughs> Chief is kind of like the uh, the the Superman or like the standard trope of the protagonist, where they don't really have character development or growth for the most part. There's kind of a, a assumed he's already been through a lot before you even get to play as him. Um, whereas Arbiter, you actually get to see his development and changes to his character and what his goals are throughout the series. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, whereas Chief is just like. I'm going after Katana. <laughs> They're like, sure, I guess. <laughs> she's she's been there for a while. Makes sense. <laughs> for any of the copy paste, control V. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much the same throughout all the games. Uh-huh. Did any levels stand out to you or anything as far as design between Halo's one and two? So the other than the mental scarring of reliving the library in Halo One, um, Halo One standout was the uh, was the beach where you land for the first time, like on the Halo, and it's not even for like the level itself. I think the levels 
fine for the most part, if not a little bit confusing at a couple places, but it's just for the background, like seeing the halo from the perspective of being on the ground, mm-hmm. on the beach, on the halo itself. Like I remember as a kid, I just stared at that for a second. I was just like, this is awesome. This is such a cool sci-fi concept, like space beyond and land right here. And it was, it was freaking great. Like I remember, um, when I played like the first time I was like, Oh, this is, you know, kind of cool. And then the Marines came in and they didn't have full visors. I was like, Oh, there's a breathable atmosphere on this too. Like this is a terraformed ring in space. Like, I don't know. I'm a sucker for sci-fi concepts. And that stood out like as an impression in me. I think it was really cool. I never even thought about breathable atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I was just so much focused on all the action. I replayed the demo a lot. That was the demo level on PC. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like Halo 1 did a good job as far as conveying scale. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like there was this whole fleshed out universe. Even though you mm-hmm. didn't necessarily get to access all of it, you could kind of see it in the distance. Yeah. Uh, and then Halo 2, obviously there was a lot of that as well. But they also did a good job as far as diversity and level design. Yeah. Like if you were on like an alien station, it didn't feel like Jesus fuck the hallways. <laughs> it felt cool yeah. and like it made you curious about okay, like if this is their technology, I wonder what this type of ship would look like. Yeah. And then maybe you had some tighter levels in the city. Maybe you were underground doing some shit. Mm-hmm. Like it always felt cool and new. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like um, some of the later Perfect Dark levels that were more alien in their design and literally alien ships and stuff like that. Yeah. It, uh, like, evoking questions. I think Halo 1 set up the universe and Halo 2 set up the gameplay. <laughs> like, <laughs> Halo 2 really actually delivered on some of those promises of, like, I get one was good for its time. Halo 2 is where it's not as much of a slog to go back and play. There's actually enjoyable, really fun novel sections still. still. And I'm still excited every time I see a Scorpion tank and then like open road. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. <laughs> Scorpion tank was awesome. Jumping on the scarab was fucking awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I still like had that moment of hesitation. Like I knew, I knew there was a scarab riding section. And I was still like, is this the spot where I'm supposed to jump? because it's just coming off of like a corridor or like level based shooter into this dynamic nonsense. I wasn't ready for it. I don't know. It's just so many things about it felt cool. Mm -hmm. I know it's like a really shitty, shitty description. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it's better than interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was interesting, right? Uh, (laughs) But like, a lot of my experience with this was as a young teenager who was first starting to get into first person shooters. Mm-hmm. So like you play through the campaign and then you'd get your Xbox together with somebody else mm-hmm. and you would play with your friends and you'd play it for fucking hours. <laughs> like it did have good gameplay to keep you engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I guess I haven't touched it in such a long time. I'm having trouble like recalling good tidbits. Right. Mm-hmm. But even like playing through it now, it was nice to relive a lot of those experiences in Halo 2. Again, in fuck Halo, Halo 1. Yeah. yeah, Halo 1's a little rough. I think Halo 1 plus speed hacks in God mode, you'd probably be fine. And then just skip the library. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to overstate like how impactful it was for xbox also like with like you mentioned getting xbox live and playing halo like xbox live would have had a much lower adoption rate if halo wasn't if it wasn't necessary for halo online now i'm not saying xbox live is good i think for the industry it said us this may actually be one of the the darker timelines well true but like without xbox live what other game platforms would have really had online. I felt well, like that was, this was a good demonstration of like it can be successful and people do want this. 
So the thing was that not to turn this just an argument against Xbox Live, but what Xbox Live did was previous to Xbox Live, there actually were adapters like PlayStation had an Ethernet adapter, um, but there was no convention that online cost money. So Xbox Live came out and they're like, hey, yeah, you can get the online experience for your games, but you got to pay us like 15 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, whatever it is, five bucks a month. No, that's a Nintendo. So it's at least 10. Um, and they established that as a norm for themselves. And then once PlayStation saw that people would pay for the Xbox membership, um, they were like, hey, PSN. Um, and that became normal. But prior to its inclusion on Xbox, um, a membership wasn't required for online. Hmm. I guess I'm just struggling to remember utilizing anything for Nintendo or PlayStation online before mm-hmm. they, they were adapters. There were adapters beforehand, so you had to buy like a hardware adapter for uh, PlayStation Two. Okay, I guess just nobody adapter. my age did. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. a huge thing. And I mean, like many most people weren't developing online games for like PlayStation Two. I think like Fantasy Star Online was one of them. There's some other well, stuff. I would hope the online. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but given that it was like an optional adapter. Um, it would be weird to make a game that required it, right? You know, <laughs> that, that was pretty niche. You're like, already only people that have a PlayStation can play our game. Now only people that have this adapter can play it. It was like making games exclusively for the PlayStation iToy or something like that, right? Big oof. Yeah. Big oof. But regardless of my thoughts on Xbox Live, uh, Halo definitely defined and continues, I think, to define xbox as their flagship property one million percent anytime they've like released a new console they're like hey are you somebody who likes the newest version of halo here it is Mm -hmm. and like they do have things coming out on pc now obviously they're not gonna have halo infinite on pc for some time right but i mean that is the launch title that people are gonna give a shit about if they're looking to get the newest xbox exactly like again bring up alex again I know he's always been a Halo fan, but he's really enjoyed the series. So like mm-hmm. for him, that is a selling point. Yeah. But for a lot of other people, if you're not on board with Halo, you're kind of like, what else does Xbox have? Yeah. What does the other console have? It is exclusive. I was talking to Shane recently. We were talking about um, uh, PS5. And I, I, I agree with his um his approach to the situation was basically like he he picked up a PS5. Um, there's some good games, you know, like you could play Demon Souls, you can play Spider-Man, whatever. But for people that have a play PS5, it's because they know good PlayStation games will come out at some point. Yeah, and um, I'm doing the opposite. Like I'm waiting because I literally have plenty of games in the backlog right now. Um, but I can agree with that logic, right? Like good games will come out from the P- for the PlayStation regardless but on the xbox side like you can buy an xbox because you know halo will come out (laughs) right like yeah you know you're gonna play halo infinite you know it's gonna be on the new one um does xbox exclusively own call of duty as well no call of duty goes to all of them all platforms activision too big i'm trying to think of other xbox exclusives that people really are gung-ho for gears was the other one gears of war I also don't like gears. Like it's, a... mm-hmm. yeah. Those those were the two like really big standouts. There's there might be, I think sports games are for all of them. Struggling knack maybe I don't know I I, I don't know what Xbox has, <laughs> but those are definitely the standouts, um, for exclusives. PlayStation actually doesn't have much in the way of. I was going to say they don't have much in the way of exclusives. And then I started like thinking of exclusives as I was saying it. You're like, okay, yeah, they, they, do. Do. they do stuff like that. Yeah. I'm uh, curious to see where the Xbox Series X is that what it's called now? I don't even know anymore. There's going to be two <laughs> for the next Xbox. I'm curious to see like how that goes just because a lot of the people who I know and talk to don't necessarily have an interest. And mm-hmm. I don't think we'll be picking it up for what options they have. Yeah, I mean, we our our friend group tends to um, sway slightly to PlayStation. I think in general, um, 
but yeah um I feel like PS4 was the better console of the last generation. Whoa, hot take. You know, I haven't tracked Xbox, so I don't really know what the comparison was, but there's a lot of great PS4 games. I'm getting I'm getting off off to the point, I think, a little bit on the, the Halo episode. But Halo is so iconic, it basically supports the Xbox. The entire ecosystem. It would just collapse, obviously. <laughs> Without Halo. I feel like everybody does remember going into GameStop, seeing Master Chief kind of kneeling up on a boulder with two SMGs. You're like, mm-hmm. that's the shit. <laughs> it was. And it held up for many, many years. And I still feel like it is enjoyable to go back. If yeah. anybody has the Master Chief collection, wants to fuck around some multiplayer, let me know. Because I would be willing to kind of delve back into that a little bit. Because I just remember mm-hmm. having good times with friends. Yeah, very enjoyable shooter. Had cool space technology along with human guns. Um, and I just like sticking people with blue grenades. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a touchstone in gaming. It came out like at a, in the formative years of Dave and myself. Look at but me I now, <laughs> right? Yeah, look at me now. <laughs> think of what Dave would be like without Halo <laughs> in the formative years. <laughs> no. Um, so, anyways, Halo's the inspiration for the podcast, obviously. So, yeah. no, <laughs> but maybe, maybe we we wouldn't uh, cover the type of games we did if you didn't play Halo when you were younger. Who knows? It's true. Maybe you would have been a writer or like a doctor or something. I could be yeah. saving lives, but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the Master Chief Collection. We might check out Halo Three, Halo Four. ODST or one of the other 17 ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how much has changed for gameplay outside of graphics. I know Halo 3 added some options for different types of grenades. It had the hammer. Mm-hmm. Different color uh, Spartan armor. Ooh. Yeah. It's pretty big. It's just green or like red and blue in uh, 2, I think. Right. Or were they always green? They were always green in 2. But then the names were red or blue, right? What? I can't, I can't remember. In multiplayer. This you is a weird note. Team colors, so it denote which team you're on. Right. The armor itself was red or blue. If you did Team Slayer, yes. Okay. If you okay. did so, like a free-for-all, I feel like you had a distinct color. Oh, I don't remember Halo 2 having a bunch of different Spartan armor colors. But again, I didn't play the multiplayer, so I wouldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's Halo. That is Halo. Any final parting words, life advice for the uh, the people, uh, the Halo adherents out there? Probably not as much for advice, mm-hmm. but I am curious to see what other people remember or what they really enjoyed about Halo 1 or Halo 2 as far as campaign or multiplayer. If yeah. it was kind of like a standout memory. And if that memory was shattered by pressing tab, Um, (laughs) it just falls to pieces immediately well if if anybody else have some games that uh, you guys remember fondly but you'd like us to so you'd like to suggest us go back revisit and then we'll tear them apart realize that uh, they were never they were never good you can send those ideas in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you can join the discussion on facebook at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.